welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Oh, come on, let's praise God. Come on, do you know that the Lord has rescued your life? Come on. If you know that the Lord has rescued your life, how about one minute of praise? Just one minute. Just one minute. Just one minute. And Minister Otis, we thank you. Thank you, God. Minister Otis, thank you for blessing us with your talents and gifts, and we look forward to seeing you again. Oh, we thank God. Most holy and everlasting God, you have rescued our lives. It is because of you that we sit in this sanctuary, this holy place. And Father, as we look back to reflect so that we will remember and rejoice in what you have done for us, Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for receiving us. And Father, right now, I pray that your word will go forward with power and conviction. And that those who are streaming and those who are in the sanctuary will feel your presence and know that you are still rescuing lives. So we bless your holy name and all of the people of God said, amen. 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 Woo! Amen. Psalm number 84, verse number 10. Better in one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And my sermon title is worship a date with God. And as I studied and prepared Brother Ed for this moment, I realized that many of us do not understand worship and why we come here. We do not come to the sanctuary to be entertained. We come to give all praise, honor, and glory to God. For some reason, we have gotten off track, and we believe that it's okay to come and observe, but according to the Word of God, we should all bow down. And I thought about that for a minute, Sister uh, Baskerville, and I said, I might ask everybody to bow down, but everybody might not be able to get up, so I better not do that. So I figured if everybody would just bow their head, it would at least do something to show. Come on, just bow your head one time. There you go. We need to understand the humility of worship. Worship is one of the toughest jobs in the church. And everybody can't lead worship. And everybody can't sing in worship. And everybody, God has specific assignments. Because there is no worship without the presence of God. And when we come and we sit and do nothing and say nothing, what we're really saying to God is that you've done nothing for me and I have no reason to bless your holy name. 
But I tell you the truth that if we really look at the situations around us, in us, and in our homes, we would be shouting for joy that we made it another day. If we would just acknowledge what God has done. Somehow, the church has lost its way in regards to worship, Reverend Tony. And now we come with an air of sophistication. And we come looking as if we are right with God. And what we need to do is that worship requires preparation. And without preparation, there is no power. And people ask me all the time, when, how long do you work on your sermons? I said, after I take my nap on Sunday afternoon, I start on the next sermon. And I want to be sure that I give God my best. And when we come to worship, we need to come with an attitude of thanksgiving. And that's why I like the Colossians passage, therefore, as God's chosen people, before I read that, have you ever, now you don't have to raise your hand. I know that some of you have been on a date with somebody you probably didn't know that well. And then when you got there, you were disappointed because they didn't comb the hair and the nails weren't done and they didn't have any money to pay the bill. You ever, I didn't know that you haven't had that experience, but I've heard of it. And so every date is not wonderful. Every date is not fulfilling, Minister Derek. That sometimes people look at you and say, mm-mm, I'm not doing that. But therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Forget about your Louis Vuitton. Forget about your St. John. Forget about your St. Peter and forget about your shoes that come from Italy. When we enter the sanctuary of God, here is the dressing standard. Holy, dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Can I get a witness? And I'm saying this because I want you to understand that coming to the sanctuary does not mean that you have been in worship. Coming to the sanctuary means you got up, put some clothes on, and you came here. And worship is very difficult because we all come with different agendas. We all come with different problems. We all come with different headaches, back aches, children ache, husband ache, wife ache every ache we can have, and then we come into this space and we're trying to orchestrate worship. That's why sometimes when worship is going forward and our worship leaders are trying to lead us, we're so distracted by tomorrow and yesterday, we can't celebrate God in this moment. So what we need to do is have realize that this is a date with God. And you need to show up dressed properly. It is a date with God. Did you hear me? You need to show up and dress properly. There are some synonyms of worship. Adoration is one. Is the deep love and respect paid to someone we revere, especially as it pertains to a divine being. Glory, the most significant use of the idea of glory and majesty is the application to God. Honor means to demonstrate high respect and great self-esteem for someone. 
praises occurs more than 100 times in the Bible. The book is filled with praises. The first time the word praise occurs in scripture is Genesis 29, 35. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she named him Judah. Reverence in the Old Testament occurs as the translation of the two Hebrew words, Yah and Saka. The foot idea of the former is fear. It is used to express the attitude toward God himself. In other words, we need to come into this space seeking the presence of almighty God. And if we enter this space and we do not have an encounter with God, then we have wasted our time. Now, don't say, Pastor said, I don't need to come to church. No. I didn't say that. I said that you need to come dress properly for your date with God. And see, when you dress properly with your date with God, whoever you're angry with, you leave it at the door. Whoever you're disgusted with, you leave it outside. Whoever you don't want to sit by and you happen to find the only seat in the church, be quiet and praise the Lord. We got to understand our purpose for being here. My, 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 I wish you could get it. And I'm, I'm challenging you and I'm asking God every day, all day, give us the gift of worship. The Lord, our God, wants us to be his date. And the Lord, our God, will give an encounter and you will have an opportunity to meet him personally. One of Secret's most famous walkers was Enoch. And two times in Genesis, Enoch is described as one who walked with God. The Hebrew word translated walk is a word that indicates Enoch walked back and forth with God. It was not a one-time event, but rather an ongoing pattern of life. Moses saw the face-to-face -face of God on an unknown mountain some time after he spoke to the Lord in the burning bush. Don't get jealous. You can have your own burning bush experience. You can walk with God. You can talk with God and be present with God. But one of my favorite, favorite scriptures in the Bible about an experience with God is found in Isaiah chapter 6. And if you read it closely, it says, Miss Lily, that in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted. He was seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him, deacon Ophelia, were cherubim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces, and with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they went on fly. I wish I could meet them. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then I, I went on to say, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Hallelujah. And Isaiah said, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. What Isaiah is really saying is that once you have an encounter with God, transformation takes place. Once you have an encounter with God, there is a difference in you physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. And what I want 
us to understand is that we all should be praying for an Isaiah experience. And then one of the cherubim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar, and with it, it touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. We ought to practice that one. Just touch your lips and say, God, take my sin away. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send to feed the hungry and western wake, to visit the sick? Who will I send to call on the caregivers? And who will I call on who pray all night long so that a person might be healed? Whom shall I send and who will go for us? So our being here is not about us. It's about us being getting the fuel we need to go on the next leg of the journey. It's about coming in here empty but leaving full because that's what the God does. It doesn't matter that gas is $5 a gallon. Who cares? The Lord has already paid for it. So we just need to come on into the Lord's house, in that Reverend Bill, and praise the Lord. Mm, 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 mm. And I said, here am I. Send me. Can you say that? Here am I. Send me. But most of us say, here is my schedule, maybe. Most of us say, I, I can't work that in this week, Lord. I, I have other priorities. I can't call, call the people I know who need a word of encouragement, Lord, because I'm going out to dinner. And after I go out to dinner, Lord, I'm going to the beach. And then I'll be back in three days. And when I get back from the beach, I got to go visit my relatives. The Lord is still asking, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? So sitting and not going isn't acceptable. How can you come and sit, get what you can get, and then not go to share with those who don't know Jesus Christ? So I'm just saying if you're dating God, you, know, you need to know the language of God. You need to know the expectations. You need to know when God is going to show up. You need to know how God is going to be dressed. You need to know the word that God is going to speak so that God will have a wonderful experience with you. But there are times when God comes in the sanctuary and there's just dead weight. There are times when God comes in dressed in his glory and nobody says amen. There are times when God comes dressed in his glory and everybody's on their phone trying to see what happened with Beyonce's album yesterday. <laughs> when it's time for us to acknowledge the glory of God, we are preoccupied that with the world, things of the world. But Isaiah saw God's holiness, and he said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Secondly, Isaiah observed God's glory with fields the whole earth. I'm old-fashioned. You know that. I grew up during an era <clears throat> when the church was sacred space. That was just some things you didn't do in the church. That was some things you didn't talk about in the church. But things have changed. And I see that sometimes as an unfortunate situation because once we lose respect then anything can come in once we lose respect for God's house and the dwelling place of God 
then we have gone too far. And once we lose respect, we believe that anything goes. This is not the world. This is God's house. The Lord resides here. So we need to understand that it's a, a place of respect. When I grew up, we had Sunday clothes and we had clothes we wore to school. And my sister, I won't call her name, had the better clothes because she worked for a Caucasian couple with money. And they would shop James and get her very cute outfits. And I would beg to wear them. And every now and then she would say yes. But I didn't wear my Sunday clothes during the week. They were hanging behind the door. But one day I'm at Blount High School. And I'm on D Hall and I look up at C. And I see my coat and my dress in the school. And I find myself running through the hallway, just angry with her that she would have the nerve to wear my church clothes to school. I couldn't catch her that day, but I caught her that night. <laughs> and I realized that I'm still kind of that way. There are things that I just don't wear to church. There are just things because that was the way that I was reared. And thirdly, the prophet was also aware of the awesomeness of the Almighty. He heard the sound of voices. The doors, the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Why is worship so difficult? It's difficult because we come with different attitudes, different engagement, different... Now, if I would ask you, Deacon Gino, why did you come to worship today? Just one statement. Why? To thank God for what he's done for me. Okay, all right. Helen, why did you come today? But praise God and thank God. Okay, Sandra, why did you show up today? Come on. He, he brought you from the what? Mighty long. Okay, George JJ, what you got to say? Hmm? You came to worship. Sister Shirley, how, how, Shirley, how about you? God has been good. God has been good. Minister Brett. Hey! Go on, preacher. What else did he do today? Huh? Woke you up? Clothed in your right mind so that you can run that back. There you go. Hallelujah. 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 So what we need to understand is that worship has an agenda. And the Holy Spirit leads worship. And we need to understand that, yes, we have a plan and we put it together. But God is the ultimate decision maker. And I know all the worship leaders and ministers would agree with me. There's no way you can do the work up here without the Holy Ghost. Because sometimes you, there's just no way that you could do that. And so what I'm trying to get you to see is that the musicians, the ushers, finance, the pastor... Everybody has to be on one accord in order for corporate worship to be everything that it should be. It's not about you and your favorite song. And that's why we are very cautious and the pastor looks heavily every week at worship because there are some requests which are not in line with what God is telling us to do. So worship is a sacred space, and everybody can't lead praise and worship and preach the word of God because it requires a certain Holy Ghost power. 
when you walk in and you come to this sacred space and the people of God look like they have been arrested, it's one of the hardest things in the world to do. If you would see your expressions, what I'm going to do is maybe talk to the trustees. We need mirrors up here so that we can see what we really look like. But if you came here because God has blessed you, then what does that look like? What does it look like? What does it look like? What does it look like? So worship, Reverend Leslie, is not about you. You know that. And one of the things I love about Reverend Leslie, I have so many, is that in, in no matter what level of pain she has, she is still worshiping God. And no matter what pain she has, she's still praying for God's people. And I'm saying, church, it's time for us to get the priorities right. And it's time for us to push God up to that number one slot. Then you don't have to go over the Benihan or go over to the Ruth Chris and spend $200 for a steak you could have gotten for $5. You can begin to bless the Lord. And so what I'm saying, we should change our attitude about coming to church. And we need to respond and actually worship God. And one of the things I realized is that many of us never understand the liturgy of worship. We don't understand how worship flows. We don't understand how difficult it is to sit, get the people of God on one accord on what God is really saying because we are people of our own opinions. We're so individualistic, and we're so this and that. But when we come into the Lord's house, we have to be on one accord. Because if the power is going to come in, then we got to do it right. If the power of God is going to rest upon us, we have to do it right. We are individuals joined together in one body. Love the Lord your God, Deacon Huff. It said, oh, both Deacon Huffs are here. All right. All that you are. Can you say that all, all. that you are, all of your heart, and all of your mind, and all of your might. Hallelujah. That's in love right there. That's, that's it, right? It's like when I first uh, got married, <clears throat> I, would, I fixed Deacon Jay's plate and followed him around the house and Wanted to make sure he was comfortable. And when we moved to California, uh, one of my friends said, I need to talk to you. And I said, about what? She said, you don't need to be doing all of that. And I said, but I'm in love. She said, still, you don't need to be doing all of that. <laughs> and what I realized, I had lost my mind in love. <laughs> and I'm saying it's good to have people around you who can help you check in on yourself. How are you going to love that and you can't love God? Following him around the house, fixing his And now 46 years later, he wants to know why I can't fix his plate. And it's because I don't have time. I put it on you. But the point was she saw that I was lost in this relationship. Thank God he married me. Right? We had gotten but I'm saying... There are some of us right here lost in dead weight relationships that are going nowhere. Who's looking out for you? Who is looking out for you? 
And the Lord of the Lord's word says that I have you covered in all circumstances. You see, I went back to read also about Baca and what that means. I think it's verse number six. As they passed through the valley of Baca. I was wondering, what is that? It's a place of weeping, crying, hard times. It's a time when life doesn't work anymore. It's a time when COVID has wiped you out and you're tired and your family. It's a time when someone you love has died. It's a time when you're looking at television to see the news and you're seeing a woman beaten, a young teenager beaten uh, by officers. It's a time when we see that drug trafficking and child trafficking has increased. See, Baca, all of us live in Baca at some point in time. We just don't know what time we're going to get there. But the second part really tells us this, that they make it a place of springs. That means weeping. And what does the Bible say? Weeping might endure. Oh, come on. You believe that? Weeping, right? It said may endure. So what are you weeping for? And what I'm trying to get you to see is that when we come in here, this is our baka. We come in here because we need to be encouraged. We need to be reminded of who we are in Christ Jesus and what God has done for us. So coming into worship is a difficult task because all of us see life differently. And the psalmist said in Psalm number 30, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. Can I get a witness? O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. Can I get a witness? You spared me from going down in the pit. How many of you know you were almost in the pit, but it was God who delivered you? And you see... You can't sit around and look like you are here because you did everything right. We are here because God is righteous and God is faithful. Therefore, we should sing to the Lord. Hey, we should sing to the Lord. Praise his holy name. And it says, for his anger lasts only a moment. Has God ever been angry with you? You on a date with God and God's not responding? (laughs) You're trying to have a date with God, and God says, I'm not going there with you anymore. You ever had a time when you have a date with God, and God said, we broke up last week, remember? (laughs) Sing to the Lord, you saints of his, praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping, my God, may endure for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And so what I want to remind you of is that everybody has a baka. Some of us have them long, longer periods than others, but all of us will have a season in our life when we will be weeping. We will have a season in our life when someone we love is dying. We will have a season in our life when a child disappoints us. We will have a season in our life we will trust someone with our personal information and they deceive us. We would have a time in my life that we partied with the wrong crowd and got dangled in the wrong things. We are in a season of Baca because we are forgetting that God has the Holy Ghost power. 
to deliver us from anything that will cause us to weep and mourn. Any mourners in the house? Anybody weeping because of what's going on around you? Or have you become so nullified that you don't understand, you don't even reject and reflect anymore? Have you been around people that they don't have any expression because we've been wiped out? Well, COVID put some of us in the grave. Not that God did, but COVID, because we use that as an excuse now to be lazy about our relationship with God. And you know what? I decided I'm going to be as safe as I can, and the church is going to honor the CDC guidelines. But I was told one night while I was weeping that, Classero, you won't be leaving here until I say so. You will not leave this space. So we have to understand is that when the enemy tells us what we won't do, God tells us what will happen. When the enemy tells us that we will never be nothing, then God has a date with us to say, Reverend Leslie send me notes sometimes. It's in the middle of the night that she is talking with God, and God is saying, Leslie, I know that it's a tough time, and you are in the valley of Baca, but you won't be there always. Praise my holy name. We don't need God's praise. God doesn't need our praise, but we need to understand that we need the presence of Almighty God. And my prayer is that our priorities will change. Our prayer is that we will understand that we all, all, a call to worship God. And also, I want you to know that the traps have been set so that we will never have time for God. I'm not critiquing anyone. I'm just speaking the truth. And what I'm saying is that the church has a tough job right now. We have a difficult task because 50% of our volunteers have either retired or they're staying home or something happened. So we have to do the same amount of work. Actually, we're doing more work now than we did before COVID. The musicians can come and practice and give us a great time on the, on the, on the, in the music, and Alex can be all fired up. Alex is getting his drunk. You ready? Oh, go, Alex. Let's see what you got going today. Just a minute. Yeah, you. one line of falling in love with you. I know you love Faith, but, but you said in that song that falling in love with Jesus, I listened to it closely, was the best thing you've ever done. So if that's the best thing, then you need to be able to let God know that God is the best thing. And Faith, don't you be jealous. That's what he sings. Hallelujah. Falling in love. Yes. With Jesus. Thank you, God. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Was the best thing I ever, ever done. Well, in his arms, yeah. I 
from crazy people. God gives you coverage from mean people. God gives you coverage for a world that doesn't like you. God gives you courage when your money runs out. God gives you courage when your family goes crazy. God gives you courage when your supervisor acts like a fool. God gives you courage when you don't see how, but you know that the Lord will make a way somehow. God gives you courage when you check into ER and they tell you there's nothing they can do. But then God speaks and you get up and you walk again. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. God gives you courage when everything looks like it's falling apart. Because God is a master servant. God is a master surgeon. He's a specialist who specializes in everything. And there's nothing you can have that God cannot heal. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. May you be blessed on your date with God. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit 
that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.com.